coming to you raw and unscripted. Beaming across Ontario and beyond to places like Cabbage Town, Holton Hills, Coldwater, and Ottawa. This is the Real Hickson Real Estate Podcast. Whether you're listening on your commute or putting on your suit, whether it's your morning stroll or you're on patrol, you just finished prayer or drop the kids at daycare, you're in the bar, your car, or listening with a bathroom door ajar, near or far, this is the Jess and Jero Show. We're grateful for flattery and prone to inaccuracies. This is your guide to Toronto culture, people, events, news, but most importantly, real estate talk. Yes, hello folks, welcome back. Hello. Hello, I'm here with Jess. It's just Jess and Jero, OG this time around. The first podcast of the year, Jess. Yeah. It's what been happened? A, it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, we took some holidays. Yeah. The market's been changing. We've been working a bit, you yeah. know, like things here and there. Yeah. It's not always time around for the podcast, but we have to do it for the fans. Yeah, did you miss us? Did you miss us? And, and as we found out, I think we have more fans than we realize. We see people all the time, um, you know, people telling us, hey, I listen to your podcast, whatever. And then you see see people, you know, family or whatever that we haven't seen in in months, maybe a year or two. And uh, they feel like they've always been talking to us because they're always yeah. listening to our podcast. It's so nice. It's so nice. So everyone that does that, and I have the numbers. <laughs> and We're I, watching. I have the statistics. <laughs> I don't know exactly where you live, but I know in which area you're listening so I can oh. maybe break it down. Yeah, and if you don't listen to this one, we'll know. We will know. <laughs> we'll we'll hunt you. Uh, okay, so let's get into it. Let's get into it now. What is the theme of today's podcast, Jess? Uh, a song of ice and fire. No, a market <laughs> of ice and fire. Yeah, which is a ripoff of the Game of Thrones popular. That's true. Book. Yeah, uh, but it's really, really the truth. I mean, we are in such an interesting scenario now. Um, things are changing rapidly and we're seeing a, yeah, a massive like, swing from what we saw like kind of three quarters of last year. Yeah, like the last two weeks especially, things have yeah. really changed. So let's first talk about uh, number one, the mortgage rate news. Everyone, you know, it's the topic of conversation. Everyone's here. I mean, that's all we're really hearing about. Mm-hmm. We're hearing from the media that the doom and gloom, I think they're starting to run out of doom and gloom articles. Yeah. The um, last messaging was like a lot more positive. Yes, which is nice. I mean, they're always trying to sell newspapers. And just remember, Thanks. guys, if you really want a like legit, like certified, verified news, news with a blue tick, you have to talk to us. Because we are literally living this every single day, yeah. every single week, every single month, and we know exactly yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And we speak to the deal secretary at our office, and and they have an even greater idea of what's going on. And please don't trust the news articles because they will always lead you astray because they're just trying to sell uh, sell newspapers in the end, really. Yeah, and it's so dependent on neighborhood and area exactly. and type of home and exactly. condition of the home. And when they say, for example, when they say Canada, okay, that is not the GTA. It is completely different to the rest of Canada. 100%. What's happening in Toronto and the GTA is not going to be what's happening in the Yukon or Northwest Territories or anything like that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so the mortgage rate news, Jess. What do we, what do we get this year? We got one one rate hike. So far, yes. Yes. At the end of January. So we're expecting news from the Bank of Canada on March eighth. Okay, March eighth. That's the next announcement. But but the sentiment is what they were saying that there may be a pause to increases. Yes. But we don't know for sure. Now we don't know for sure. I'd love to get the crystal ball out. Yeah. Um, but we don't have one. All we have to go on is uh, reading news articles, getting a feel for the market, seeing some statistics. I'm always following. Now I'm like obsessed with the stats, um, kind of week to week and month to month with like inflation and like jobs, um, employment rates, all that kind of stuff. It's just so interesting to look at because I'm trying to get some metrics and get some some like guesstimations on what's going to happen. Yeah. And by the way, if anyone tells you they know exactly what's happening, they're lying. Or they're fueling it from the inside with their own money. (laughs) (laughs) Don't trust anybody. Don't trust anybody. Um, So, yes, there are a couple of rumors swirling that this year they're going to do another couple of rate hikes. Um, However, I prefer to get my news straight from the source. And Bank of Canada have released a, a number of articles saying that the sentiment is that they're holding. At least until summer. At least until summer. Now, in summer, what's going to happen? Will it go up? Will it go down? We don't know. Um, we'll know, you know, closer to the date. But it'd be curious to see these kind of next announcements. And then I believe in April, they do um, they do a reassessment of the mm-hmm. whole state yeah. of affairs, which I think coincides with the budget and, yeah. and all those kinds of things. So interesting to see what happens. Of course, also like Mayor Tory and how that all works out. Um, of course, Bank of Canada is federal, but um, you know, at a, at a local level as well, at a provincial level, it also affects things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the interesting thing is, okay, even though the interest rates have been going up because of the basic concept that the lenders uh, use the prime rate and it's the prime rate minus whatever to get to their actual um, consumer rate, um, but actually lending and borrowing for these lenders has become cheaper in the last three or four months. Yeah. So rates, even though they're going up, okay, this is going to immediately affect someone that has a variable yes. home loan right now. Yeah. Um, of course, because that's kind of locked in at that rate. Um, but if you're shopping around looking to buy for a new mortgage you find that it's actually get a little bit cheaper than it was before. If you go fixed. If you go fixed. Um, For a longer term. Again, this is, I'm not technical enough to know the, uh, the complete understanding behind it, but basically uh, it's just that borrowing is cheaper for lenders. Yes, and but always reach out to your mortgage broker yes, to understand course. what is the best scenario for you personally. Of course. And we, we are always, not mortgage brokers. We are not mortgage brokers. We don't pretend to be, but we do try and disseminate the information that we get from yes. our trusted sources. But it's not as scary as it might sound. Yes. As you hear the rate, like the Bank of Canada rate. That's yeah. right. And by the way, do we not forget that 10 years ago, you know, we had some pretty crazy interest rates there. Now, to, to go without saying, the prices have, of course, increased. But the point that I'm making is that a home loan is something that you will have for many, many years. 
and you are essentially following the market every time you renew, every time you refinance, whether it's three years, five years, rates are always going to change. What's the number one thing that's going to stay the same, Jess? Your purchase price. Your purchase price. So once you've purchased the home, yep. that's it. That's never going to change. You're only going to pay into your equity. Yeah. And along with the amortization schedule, you're only going to continually pay into your mortgage and, and generate your equity. Yes. And if you look at over the next 10 years of owning that property, most likely it will increase in value. Of course. Of course. I mean, okay, we have seen the 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 prices drop and here's the funny thing about that it took a long time like it really took from june of last year till december of last year to really drop like dramatic amounts i mean talking like 15 20 in some areas yeah but the reality is now we're hearing uh articles about the prices could grow in the next few months over 20 percent potentially yeah so it took the six months to get down there. Okay, all the doom and gloom articles mm-hmm. and everyone's pessimistic outlooks and every, recession, the R word. I mean, uh, are we seeing a recession? Is it coming? Apparently it's still coming, but the reality is the market's now gonna be growing again. Yeah. Which we'll get into a second in, in terms of the first quarter market report, but it all it is, it's just speculation and people's feelings and 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 security and of course people can get unemployed lose jobs that's a huge factor um but it's really just all about sentiment and and risk risk aversion and once what we always see is the lack of inventory is what brings the prices right back up if there's more buyers than there are available homes to purchase it's always going to bring the price back up and again on this whole toronto thing i mean if you really compare toronto to the rest of canada it's really outperforming in every category. We have uh, apparently a tech boom coming, or if, if it's not already here, I understand there's some layoffs in tech right now. It's a, it's an ever-changing market. Um, there, there are a lot of companies coming here. A lot of uh, film industry is coming here. Mm-hmm. A lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, Netflix's headquarters. Oh, Netflix, IBM, um, Google, Amazon. I mean, they're all here. And we're outperforming, I think, at the last time we checked, most, if not all, North American cities. Is that correct? In growth, yeah. In growth. In immigration. Um, we have a lot of people coming here and they want to live here. And of course, we're seeing, um, as we've talked about it even at the end of last year, this crazy record uh, kind of immigration that's flooding through, which yeah. is a pent-up demand. Yeah, they're projecting for... 10 million people in the next like couple years. And they all have to live somewhere. Uh, yeah. And, you know, if you compare it to the U.S., where there is actually huge major cities in the middle of nowhere basically not to offend anyone but realistically there are huge major cities in the middle of nowhere in canada you just don't have the same thing no people you don't. go to toronto and vancouver yeah and surrounding area yeah and look the east calgary's coast is growing. growing calgary's growing yeah calgary's um, the next big boom. but that's just out of necessity i mean you have to think there's there's a percentage of people that don't want to pay toronto's prices or the gta prices or don't think it's a worthy investment or they just can't get in or their lifestyle doesn't exist here or they don't see themselves here long term and they see these alternative places, which I think is good for the country. Like it's tough to just bottle everyone up in the same place. It's nice to kind of spread everyone out and try and grow some of these, uh, you know, smaller towns, smaller hubs around, around the country. So with that being said, okay, so what has Q3 
Q1 so far looked like in 2023, Jess? It looks like buyers are getting a little bit more comfortable. The confidence is up and we are seeing multiple offers on different types of homes. Like it's not just one type of home that's getting the activity. I don't think the condo market is growing in the same way from what I've seen. Yeah, it's still it's held its value for sure. Yeah, but it's not getting as as crazy. It seems like the first time home buyer is a little bit more res- like resistant to purchase. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, if you think about you know the mortgage rates are not affecting the luxury market, for example. No, and it's not. If somebody has quite a bit of equity in their home, they are more willing to get into that next yeah. property. Yeah, versus someone that's coming in fresh. first. Yeah, yeah. It seems like that kind of mid mid to luxury price point is is moving like 900,000 which is crazy that's mid level but yeah 900,000 to about 1.4 mm-hmm. so i'd say it's like a, a second time buyer somebody that was in their home for mm-hmm. a little while has get some equity is getting into their next property like that seems to be the sweet spot of yeah activity so january started off a little slow february's where it really started to pick up um, quite dramatically we have been tracing things from different areas around the gta vaughan richmond hill markham i mean richmond hill and markham have been holding and increasing for for even since the beginning of the year at least. since at least beginning of the year like even last year yeah um now this is just the pattern of maybe um new immigrants people moving here and finding different kind of neighborhoods i mean yeah. for starters it's it's you know you save on half of your land transfer tax when you when you're living out in these yeah. areas. Yeah, it depends on the community. Yeah, and and of course like community hubs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for the rest of the GTA and beyond, yeah, we did see a slowish January. It started to pick up. February it's really changing, and now we're in the first week of March as we recall this first of March today, and we are really seeing some things changing. Some areas, multiple offers. Yeah. Um, buyers, I think, as a general um, consensus, have been conservative. Whether they are that first-time home buyer and they've never experienced it before, or whether they are a little bit more um, avid with having bought and sold before, um, it's really just again this whole like fluctuation of of how people feel about the market. Yeah. And this this fear, you know, we used to have the fear of missing out. And that's how what caused things like um, this time last year mm-hmm. in 2022 when things were absolutely crazy and and they were running articles. The news was running articles about how no one's ever going to afford anything ever again. And people are like, "This is it. We've got to buy now." The fear of missing out. But now uh, it's the fear of uh, overpaying. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and the reality is, as long as you're not trying to just flip where you're living. Um, it's re- it's just hard to say that in Toronto in the GTA you're going to be overpaying, and what what does that even mean? What is how did I, how did someone overpay, really? Well, it's only an overpayment if then you have to go sell it and you exactly lose. Let me tell you something. After you've bought the home, when you're living there, if you ever go to try and sell it again, if no one buys your home, this is the way I think of it, anyways. If no one buys your home, your home is worth nothing. It's only until you reach a point where a buyer is willing to pay for a certain amount and you as a seller is willing to part with it for that same amount. That's what's called market value. And that's really what the home becomes ends up becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and other than that, I mean, it's just hard for me to understand why you're overpaying. Listen, I get in certain situations. Let's take uh, let's take for example a city in 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 America. Let's call it the Rust Belt. If anyone knows anything about the Rust Belt, it, it follows along um, Illinois and a few of the surrounding states there. And they used to have a huge industry in car building, right? Now, in the last 20 years, a lot of those cars went overseas and there was a huge demand dropped or lost, right? So in that scenario, sure, these people might've overpaid for homes at the time when the market completely drops out of them, but it's hard to really say that that's gonna happen in the GTA. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, what, are you, what are your thoughts on this? Do you understand what I'm saying, though? I do. I just don't think it's comparable. I just... Well, I'm just saying, you know, in certain it's circumstances... It's not one industry in Toronto that affects the city. Either way, the sentiment is it's very hard to overpay. Yeah, but you pay what you can afford for yep. a property, and, and that's it. And you stay in it for a good amount of time. And it's very likely over the time that you'll be living in the home, three, five, six, seven years, the prices will go up. Yeah. And you're putting in this equity. is This is a future investment. This is not a quick, quick rich scheme or anything like that. There have been moments in the market, fine, where you can, you know, people have flipped or it hasn't worked out for them. And three, four months later, they moved and they have made a crazy amount of money, but that's just neither here nor there. We're looking yes. at the long term here. And the the real part of this conversation that we got off track somehow, which shocking happens, shocking. Uh, is that the rate is only for a moment of time. Yeah. And if you can afford your home with the rate that you're given, and you can continue to to pay your mortgage as the rate decreases, you will be in a better situation. Exactly. Exactly. So date, um, date the rate, marry the house. That's it. That's, I was, you kind of skipped ahead. I was, I was going to say that later on when I came to advise for certain people in the market. You can say it again. Let's say it again. I, it's so good that we're going to say it again. Yeah. Um, okay. So, the, I mean, as we were just saying, like the inventory is still low. I mean, the reality is, and here's the next interesting part of the market. If you're really curious how it's going to pan out. Okay. So we have some crazy people coming in. Um, the, the buyer frenzy is back. The buyer activity is back in um, some markets. It will trickle down into all markets eventually. And then will this trickle down into like areas further out that experienced huge booms during the pandemic? I'm not so sure personally, but we'll see what happens. Will people still continue to get remote jobs and still decide to move out of the GTA or not? There's always a, a, a percentage of people doing yeah. that anyways. Yeah, I think Retiring. so. Retiring. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see the, like, for example, the cottage market this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super, super interesting stuff. But at some point, at some point, we have been talking the last six months at least about the amount of immigration that's coming in and how rentals are being pushed through the roof. Mm-hmm. The average rental now going for around 2500 um, one bedroom, standard one bedroom, which is which is a little bit wild. I feel I feel pretty sorry. You know, I have, I I do help a lot of people that are moving back to the city or to the city for the first time, and um, it's hard sometimes to get their budgets to match, um, and it's really putting people in a tough situation. But again, this just necessitates people moving further out of the city to find more affordable areas. Um, it's just kind of the way that it goes, but. It will be interesting to see at what point do these 
and I'm talking like people with good jobs that have immigrated um, or for various reasons that will go to move into the first time home buyer market. Mm -hmm. And we may see in the next three months, six months, nine months, a boom in that sector that we were just talking about, the entry level condo. And it will be super interesting, you know, to track, follow along with the interest rates. And if they start to drop and the sentiment and what they're publishing in the news articles and what people are reading every day, whether it creates uh, more of an entry level frenzy there as well. Yeah. Um, super, super interesting. Um, okay, let's talk about the new rules. We've had a number of new rules implemented this year. So Jess, you want to start us off with the vacancy home tax? Okay, so for the city of Toronto, if the there is a property that is vacant, nobody living in the property, you have to register with the government and let them know that it is vacant and it is a 1% taxation on the assessed value of the home. Okay, that's a good point to bring up. The assessed value is different to the market, market value. value. Yeah, so yeah. what's on your tax assessment, that's your assessed value. Yeah. And it's 1% of that value. Yeah. So they're just trying to reduce um, the vacancy rate in the city so that there are not empty units sitting there that could be tenanted because we have a, a low, like, it, live, well, we have not enough inventory for people to live. Yeah, yeah it's true. So that's I mean, this a way is, to... It's a huge problem. Like, this yes. is the number one problem we're facing. Well, they're looking at infilling the city, um, utilizing spaces... Um, obviously building further out, but also trying to just give rentals, homes back to people that yeah, are trying to, to live. Airbnbs were you, a thing. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's what was really affecting mm -hmm. the, the rental market. And that's only for the city of Toronto and I think Ottawa. Like, okay, potentially. Yeah. You'd have to look into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at least, at least in Toronto... If you have a vacant home, I mean, you may have that for various reasons, but you, you're paying. You have to pay that tax. Yeah, but it would had to be. Um, it had to be registered by yesterday, February twenty eighth. Well, so, so if I you're hope, listening to yeah, this right now, I hope you... I had a frantic call with a client yesterday about yeah. this exact same thing. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, on the flip of flip side of it, you know, unless it's seen as vacant, you also have to make sure that it's registered. Um, you know, if you have an investment property, but there and someone's are, living but there are um, some, what's the word? Um, exceptions. Exceptions that. There's always exceptions. Yes, yes. Anyway, speak with your um, accountants, lawyer, lawyers. Maybe. Yeah, they'll feel or, or even reach out to us. We can um, we can kind of help you with that. Okay, the next thing, and again, all of these things are just trying to get to make it more fair for more people to live and afford to live in um, Toronto and the GTA. So the next one is the anti-flipping tax, which is super interesting. Uh, basically, uh, you wanna, you wanna talk, to, talk to us about this one? I think you know more about it than you I do. You think I know more? Well, listen, it's within 365 days or a calendar year, or maybe like it's a different time frame for a leap year, uh, basically buying and selling Within the same your primary home. Year, your primary home, yeah, um, which used to be exempt. Which used to be exempt. Yes, and this is, I think, the way. This is the maybe the loophole 
that people were getting around, um, designating primary homes, and then selling. maybe for LLCs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I won't get into that. Um, but again, this is to stop people from buying properties for the sake of trying to just make a buck. And I'm sorry, I apologize to all the flippers out there that are trying to do this for uh, for money. Just leave it for 366 Yeah, just days. leave it for, just, okay, here you go. Rent it out for one year. Yeah. And then designate that as a rental property. Pay your dues. Yeah. And then... If, then you will pay capital gains. And then capital... Yes, listen, guys. Yeah, talk to your accountant. Talk we are accountant. not giving this advice. We're not giving this advice. But just generally to just understand the concept. As you you know, you have to keep your home for at least one year. But I think for a lot of people listening to this, I mean, it's it good. It, it's it's going to make things more affordable. It's going to yeah. stop this whole thoroughfare of investors just using the city for their greedy, greedy ways. <laughs> <laughs> and give it back to the people, Jessica. Yes. Back to the people. Okay, so the next thing on the list to talk about the new rules is it's it's twofold. And it's kind of funny. The first one is they changed the foreign buyer um, compulsory down payment from 20% to 25%. So in the past, foreign buyers would, act, would be penalized 20%. Mm -hmm. And before that, I think... A year before that change, it was 15%. It's been growing kind of every couple of years. Yeah. Now it's 25%. That's the penalty. Um, look, the the representation of true foreign buyers has only ever been between 1% and 5%. So it's not affecting a huge amount of people. Yes. Again, it's trying to give uh, the market back to Canadian. Canadians, which is, which is super important. But the funny thing is, so they changed that rule recently. And that is what it is. I mean, it's 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 crazy if you if you're trying to do that. Um, number two, they've now put in an actual full ban. So even if you were thinking about doing that, as of January first, twenty twenty three, there is a foreign buyer ban for two for years. Two years. Yeah, till December twenty thirty first, twenty twenty four. Exactly. So all of these things again are trying to clean up the landscape, trying to give it back to the people, Jess. So, I don't know. This is good things. This is bad for you, things for some people. Yeah. Um, it's neither here nor there. Um, these are the rules. And again, as I said, I, it's not a huge part of the market, but it is a percentage of the market. So yeah. it, It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. So, l let's look at it this way. No more Airbnbs. So, no more short-term rentals. We have, um, you know, a limitation on foreign buyers for investments anyways. And we... We're going to limit the amount of flippers and just overall these investors. Yeah. And okay. I think it's going to even out the market a lot. Yeah. It gives and, more people opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Now, in saying that, of course, this is all affected by the fact that, you know, people may come from overseas anyways and become Canadian citizens and or permanent residents. Um, and, and they're just, it's going to be the same buyer from overseas but in a different circumstance, rather than just direct investing from overseas, it's going to be, you know, hopefully to live here or, or for family members, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's going to happen, happen anyways. And I think that market, that sector of the market is going to be huge, huge over the next kind of year. Well, in as the, in as the, the immigration continues. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's tell the, the kind listeners um, in different positions our kind of advices. 
Let's start with, and by the way, guys, I do this in my newsletter every month. If you don't have my newsletter, what like, are you doing? What are you even doing <laughs> with your life? It's a super non-spammy newsletter. I do it once, one day, one day out of a month. It's non-spam. And I basically, you know, just because everyone's lazy readers, you click on the link, you click on the email, and the first thing you hit with is what I'm about to tell you, which is basically a market snapshot. And it's a little bit of advice for each sector of the market, broken down into like first time home buyer, upgrade, all that kind of stuff. If you are not like reading that every month and not keeping abreast of the situation, like what are you even doing? And if that's not the case, reach out to me, Hickson Real Estate Team at gmail.com or find us in the socials. You know how to do that. And ask me, Jero, give me this 100% value newsletter. <laughs> um, it's got our pretty faces on it um, in, in certain parts. Uh, and of course, down the bottom of this always has some fun tips. Um, you know, winterizing your home or like fun things you can do around your home or, you know, like tips. Tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. So it's super high value. And again, it's it's like maybe a 10 minute read if you want it out of your entire month, but you're keeping abreast of the situation at all times. And it's times. more consistent than our podcast is. And it is definitely more consistent. <laughs> no, we're, we were doing podcasts once or twice a month. I think that's yeah. that's a good target. But either way, you, either way you're receiving the news, it's important that you are receiving the news. So <laughs> yeah. let's jump into it. First time home buyer. Again, what's our tagline for this one, Jess? Date the rate, marry the house. Marry the price. Marry the house. Okay, marry the house, but also marry the price. And again, what do we mean that by that? Let's reiterate. These rates, like this is not a one-year thing. You're not buying this for one year and that's it. Especially your first property. Especially your first property. We always recommend um, it's the first property, especially like a condo or something, is a three to five year move. Yeah. Of course, you know, in your 30s or late 20s or whenever you end up buying a first property, it's a very turbulent time where a lot of things can change. Jobs yes. can change. You meet a significant uh, partners other. can change. Yeah. Kids can happen. And this changes a lot of things. So that's why we're always kind of like, yeah, think of Does it as like a three to five. Does this work for you yeah. for the yeah. next couple of years? The hardest part for first time home buyers, we will always tell you, is getting your deposit. Getting a deposit. Getting, getting your in, foot in the market. Yes. Because you will always go up with the market. You'll always go down with the market. Um, from that point in, you'll always be in the market and um, buying and selling in the same market, really. Yeah. yeah. If you can afford to get in now, there are a lot of opportunities. So first time home buyers, again, this is a future decision. It's a long-term decision. We are telling you, we've been telling you for the last at least three or four months and, and now is no different. It may change in the next month or two when it gets a little crazy. I suggest if you're looking to do it, do it now. Before things get crazy, you can always figure out the interest rates later on. They're always gonna drop um, down or up. And the number one thing is to get your foot in the door. Yeah. Because maybe the prices we're seeing now, now obviously I, I don't have that crystal ball, but the prices we're seeing now may be the cheapest it ever will be, ever. Pending some kind of crazy disaster in Toronto where a meteor hits or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you look at the graphs, and I tend to do this, I love doing this, over from the 80s to now, yes, there are peaks and troughs, but it is always trending upwards. Yes, yeah, overall. And again, as I always say, and I'm not sick of saying it just yet, if there's one more person in the GTA tomorrow than there was today, 
prices will always continue to go up in the long run. So, first-time home buyers, get your foot in the door. Don't be scared because that's what's happening to a lot of people. They're scared. They're worried to make a mistake, fear of overpaying, all that kind of stuff. Don't worry about it. Now, the upgrader, similar sentiment. You are going to be buying and selling in the same market because you're upgrading. What you're buying is relatively more expensive than what you're selling. So, between a condo and a townhouse, for example or between a townhouse and a semi or a detached. You know, if you start looking in completely different areas outside the GTA, that's again, a different a different kind of factor. But essentially, if you're looking in and around the GTA, you're buying the selling in the same market. And you, you know, even though prices have been down since the last six months, what you're selling, you may take a little bit of a hit, a little bit, it's changing now but you could take a little bit of a hit, but what you're buying compared to what the, the hit you're taking, you're gonna get a, a bigger discount on the buy side for upgrading. Yeah. Any thoughts and feelings on that topic, Jess? We've done it, we've done it ourselves. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. What else would you say though? They wanna hear you, Jess. I, I just, what we're seeing is that is the, the more competitive market at the moment. Yes, yes. So take that into consideration okay that's that's a fair point yeah o- overall like generally speaking though yeah yeah um okay so what about the downsizes yeah i mean they're still they have a lot of equity in their homes yeah so they have a lot more opportunities if they're leaving the city altogether and buying out further they're really in a good position yeah i mean we were talking you know, the last three or four months, the buyers just weren't there. The demand just wasn't there. And if you could, if you could wait, if you could find the time and, and hold out as a downsizer, we were saying to wait. Yeah. But now January, February, now it's a much better market. The buyers are coming back. If the timing works for you, if the lifestyle transition works for you, now is a good time to think about it. Yeah. Um, we won't know the best time. You know, you're always trying to, time the market um but uh again it is all relative but the more the more expensive stuff is is starting to move again yeah yeah exactly um and it's all about you know what what kind of home are you in are you in a big house with a big lot um is that demand there for that you know if, i think it's area dependent yeah um and i think if you are thinking about that it's more of it's a much more detail, detailed conversation with us personally about your exact area and location and, and where transition you'd like to go and where you'd like to go um you know as opposed to a, a less compl- complex kind of um push for um upsizes and first-time home buyers yeah. essentially but we always will have a in-depth conversation with yeah anyone reach who, out to us you, you, who wants to talk yeah come on talk to us we're always talking uh okay so then that just leaves the investor the investor and and the renters so the investor, um, you know, resale is always a good, good option, especially knowing buildings, knowing maintenance costs projected, um, especially a building that's maybe a couple of years old or kind of kind of newish, um, at least in the last five, 10 years. You know, for the investor, if you're looking at pre-con, it, that's usually a good situation if it's tough to get a mortgage right now for you, like whether you're on your... Th- second or even third mortgage. Um, and if you have some excess cash, 
Um, and what that equates into is you start looking at deposit structures. So you, we're looking, always looking at projects, we're always hearing about projects. Um, you know, if you are an investor or you own, you know, kind of your primary residence and you're looking to invest, um, again, it's a good option if you see an area, like we're always thinking about areas, um, seeing where infrastructure is being built in, seeing where um, places are being infilled in the city and really growing and expanding. Mm -hmm. um, and again, if you have, if time's not against you, where you're able to um, put down some money and keep adding to that over um, over a payment schedule for four or five years in some cases, mm -hmm. that's probably the best, the best thing for you. Um, at the end of it, I mean, you don't really have to worry about a mortgage and maybe it's interest rates that you're trying to avoid right now. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, all you're worrying about is, okay, the builder, is it a reputable builder? What does the project look like? What, what are the projections looking like? Um, how are the layouts? How are the finishes? Um, is there going to be any issues with this project um, to come up? And then putting down that money. And it's, it's as little as two or 3% sometimes, usually it's 5% um, on signing. And then you're paying out, you know, as I said, uh, three, four, five years, you're paying out 5% here, 5% there until you till you reach maybe a 20% mm -hmm. there. And then, um, you know, at the end of it all, when prices have all increased and we've been through a bunch of booms and busts, you end up with a brand new condo and you've picked the layout and things will shift here and there. And there's always um, kind of extra costs that, that can be associated with pre-construction. So it's always a long conversation with us and um, talking with the builder's representatives and all that kind of stuff. But if that's something that makes more sense to you, that you, you're wondering what to invest in and you're not sure, um, that's always a good option for you. Yeah, for sure. There's so many builders to talk about. So many. And even I'm seeing projects in Muskoka now and in just a whole series of things. Yeah. Um, again, the GTA is always a safe bet. We've always said it. Um, you know, just the reports that are coming out, the immigration levels that are coming to the GTA, the businesses that are here, the companies, the investments. Yeah. Um, and the rental market is not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, the rental market is not going anywhere. So, great, fantastic segue. I Jess. know, I was waiting for that one. That's a fantastic segue, <laughs> segue queen. So, what are, what are we looking like for renters? Let's talk about um, tenants looking to move. Mm -hmm. You're either moving around the city, back to the city, um, to Canada for your first time. Um, you may get a bit of a sticker shock. Yeah, well, it depends on where you're coming from. Yeah, if you're coming from New York, you're good. Yeah, and even if you, yeah, if you're coming from New York, you're you're you're, you're laughing. You're laughing. Coming from Sydney, I've heard some reports in Sydney recently. Yeah, the rentals are absolutely out of control. Yeah. Um, now, unless you're coming from those places, if you are coming from places like you know out east maybe or Alberta or even Vancouver. Vancouver is pretty comparable. I know, I know, but I think Toronto has has oh, overtaken it. Yeah, yeah. it's a pass. Uh, now, like you know, it really comes down to where do you have to live? You know, if it's a if it's a job, it, and it usually is, where do you have to live? Can you get away with um, living a bit further out? I mean, they're extending the, they've extended the TTC, and they're going to continue to extend the TTC. The GO trains, there we we know it, at least on our line from Union to Maple, for example, thirty five minutes. 
That is so normal for me. Amazing. It's amazing. And this mind block of like, I have to live in the city. It's funny because where I'm from in Sydney, not many people live in the city. Yeah. But the opposite part about that is that it actually is very comparable pricing throughout like a one bedroom that's true is about the same price yeah. everywhere you might get a little bit more square footage yeah i would say yeah i think the the massive difference i know what you're saying because at some point i remember around 2018 2019 every one bedroom was in the gta was like 2100 yeah. that was it yeah and whether you were living right downtown or living midtown. richmond hill or yeah. midtown it was always the same price yeah. um that w- wasn't always true but Again, now it's more accessible to get around. I think yeah. people are understanding that. Um, but pretty much entry level do, is yeah. the same price. Like maybe if you start looking at more like luxury or bigger, or that's when it gets different. But I think the entry level one bedroom unit, anyone yeah. in the GTA is is pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, I think the major difference is, as you said, probably size. I think you yeah. get a little bit more bang for your buck. Or a parking uh, further spot. Or a parking spot. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But this normalization of like, I'm traveling into the city, commuter areas, it's just what's, it's, it's just, just what's coming. Yeah. coming. Yeah. So that's for tenants. Um, and, you know, it's really, maybe it's worth it. I mean, some of these new buildings are very, very nice. Yeah. You know, depending on the project. And we know some buildings that we personally love all the way through the city and some buildings that we don't love as much. Um, it's sometimes it's really worth it and you know you're investing in yourself you're in, you're being part of the action downtown and you're growing your career all that kind of stuff so maybe it's expensive for you now but if you're moving to the city for for work and trying to better your career it's it's probably a good good move in the long run yeah and also renting for a year is a great great way to see if you want to live in an area exactly and at the end of the day long term yeah at the end of the day each lease is generally one year in length and whether you hate it or whether you love it and and you know you can either just keep staying there and keep keep that lifestyle or uh, you change it up mm-hmm. or you decide to buy exactly and that's really where we want to get you all mm-hmm. um okay so what about on the landlord side yeah it's a great time to be a landlord we work with a lot of landlords last year to rent out their place and um, you know, I guess the sentiment we were talking about last year was that at the end of last year, I should say, is there are tons of people still coming. The, the tenant demand is still there. It's just that a lot of these tenants uh, that are applying to these units, offering on these units, they are a lot of new Canadians. Mm-hmm. So we're talking new jobs. We're talking new credit. Yeah. And it becomes a little more difficult to qualify some of them. Or for landlords to become more comfortable. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it's just a natural way of things. Um, even myself, I had to I had to go through those processes when I was brand new back in 2014. Yeah, and it's know? not they have good jobs and and they exactly. are going to be building their credit, but that, those things take time. Yeah. So if you are looking to rent out your place, again, we've covered a few different topics that you'll have to be aware of if you are to do that. Um, as a landlord, but uh, either way, still a good time to rent out the space and trying to get some some passive income and help you pay off that mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, I think that is it for this week or bi-week 
or month. Year. <laughs> Jess, come on. This is the 22nd episode. Yeah, thank you for sticking around. Yeah, if you listen until the end, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate it. Um, again, we're always up for conversation. Don't be shy. Hickson Real Estate Team at gmail.com. Reach out and do a little uh, do a little nice email. Or even just to say that you listen to our podcast yeah. and you love our podcast. Yeah. Or you don't have to say that. Just, just say, yeah, the podcast is okay. okay. But <laughs> yeah. either way, we really appreciate it if you just yeah. like let us know. Yeah. Send some fan mail if you'd like. <laughs> uh, I can give you the, the address to send fan mail. Do you think people still get fan mail? Maybe. TV shows, celebrities? Maybe. I hope so. It's very like old school, it's ironic. very 90s, yeah. Um, again, you yeah. guys can always find us on the socials, um, the newsletter. Let us know if you need that. Um, always doing TikToks. Hit me up, Hickson Real Estate. Uh, and then on Facebook and Instagram, all at Hickson Real Estate. Very easy to find me and to find us and find all of our content. We're always um, teaching and always learning, figuring things out and trying to just keep everyone informed. Yeah. Keeping in touch with people. That's just yeah. what it's all about. Okay, guys, I think that's it for this week. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.